Hello, I'm Mark Tucker. And I'm Alan Furstenberg. Welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. In fact, this is a really, really special anniversary episode of Two Voice Devs. This is our 10th episode. I know, 10. 10, it's fantastic. <laughs> so This is just so much fun. So It really uh, has. I've, I've really enjoyed doing this with you, Mark, and I, I really hope we do many, many more of these. I, um, I totally agree. But, but this is a great milestone, and I think to mark it, I think it's a great idea that we're going to do a top 10 list. And uh, what should we do a top 10 list of? I think it, as voice developers, we should do a top 10 list of things that we wish were better, different uh, from a developer's perspective on these platforms. Yeah, no, definitely agreed. And I, I think one of the things that I wanna make sure we make clear though is we're doing this as developers. So there are lots of other issues about these platforms that are important. But as developers, I think these are the ones that, that most come to mind. But also that you know we understand how difficult these platforms are to build for you know how to how to build, and um, this isn't meant as a dig at any developer. It isn't meant as a dig against the organization. It's because we really want to see these these platforms succeed. Yeah, so definitely, we, I've I've got a lot of uh, passion. I put a lot of heart into different projects that I've done, and and some of them could have gone easier with with some additional features or. Sometimes you see inconsistencies, things that are available if you're doing a one party, you know, first party experience as opposed to a third party uh, custom skill or action and uh, wish that some of those features would uh, move over into our developer range so yeah. that we could just create even better experiences. We just want great stuff for all developers out there so we can do great things. Exactly. So should we get onto the list? Yeah, let's go ahead and get onto the list. Number 10. So the first one, we're going to talk a little bit about Bixby. So Bixby, great platform. I've done a number of capsules on the platform. And one of the things that it's lagging behind is in its uh, SSNL support. So speech synthesis markup language. So in text-to-speech, there's a number of different tags that you can use to format that uh, text-to-speech content. And there are a number of tags, like lots of different tags that are missing from Bixby support. Can, can you just give a couple of examples? Oh man. Um, well, they've added some, some, some recently, but uh, you know, they just have this whole range of, um, of being able to support, uh, like this is being uh, spoken in certain ways or, gosh, I wish I could, uh, you know, give you some specific examples. I don't want to say something that's not, that's just been recently sorry, implemented. Sorry, I didn't mean to not, put you on the spot there. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's okay. But there are lots of different tags, um, anything from uh, phonemes and, and prosody to, to different things, um, or even in the way that they support voice and language tags. My recommendation for Bixby would be to just do it exactly like Alexa does it. If there's any uh, <laughs> questions, no, seriously, if there's any questions on, um, on interpretation of something, just do it the way Alexa does it because there are, that's the, the larger base of, of custom voice experiences is on the Alexa platform. And if they want quicker adoption of capsules, then they'll just, uh, just implement that. Right, and, and we'll go into you know, SSML in general later. And in fact, all of the stuff that we'll be talking about today, we will go into on other shows. But I think right now it seems like uh, in terms of standard SSML, Bixby is the, I'm sorry, uh, Alexa is the leader. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's our number 10. Number nine. So I think the next one is, uh, it's really frustrating with Google that they seem to have this big 
multilingual internationalization effort, and yet their multilingual support inside actions itself seems kind of weak. So you can, you can certainly support other specific locales, but you can't support more than one. You can't support input that you get from uh, the person speaking and say, well, this part is in one language and this part is in a different language. And when you're replying, you can't say, this part is in one language and this part is in a different language. In fact, you can't even reply in a different language than what you received. It's always assumed that you're gonna be replying in the exact same language, which I mean, in, in some ways that makes sense, but Google really has, has tried to bill it as an international thing, one. And two, it kind of limits some of the actions that you can build. So a lot of people who are trying to build translation actions or language tutorials, there's, there's no good way to do it. There are workarounds, but there's no good way to do it that Google themselves support. And that's kind of a, a real gaping hole in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. Uh, there, there are definitely features in Alexa, uh, language features. There, there's less languages that are supported on the Alexa platform. And uh, so I, I feel like that's some place that they're lagging. So yeah, I, I, I'd like them to catch up with Google first as far as the number of languages they support. And, and I do see um, that bilingual support um, would be uh, would be something that would be useful in a, in a, in a conversation. There's, you know, people have well, conversations right. in multiple languages at once or, or a mix of, you know, like English and Spanish or, right. or something all I the mean, time. You, one of the odd things is that they even gave examples at one point of, of receiving English or receiving Hindi with English mixed in. And they said, treat it as a Hindi word. And that's, I don't know, it, it's hard. And I know it's a hard problem, but it's really one that I wish they would address better. Agree. Number eight. All right, next is permissions. We talked already had a whole episode on permissions. And one of the things that we brought up is that there, um, there's differences definitely between the different platforms, but with Alexa, uh, for most cases, you need to go into the Alexa app to enable the permissions uh, for certain things. Uh, there's a few things like reminders and timers where you can voice enable that those permissions and I think that's great and what it does is it treats it like a toggle on and you could go back to the Alexa app and toggle off I think that's a good compromise on how to how to approach it um, I just wish that every permission was voice enabled um, the, the, the existing ones and any new ones going forward I think that should be the way to go because to leave a voice experience to enable permission to then have to go back into that voice experience is very awkward. Yeah, no, I agree. I, you know, and, and we've discussed how Google's approach to this was mostly uh, voice forward on this. And I, I think it's the right approach. And I, I don't think it's one that people are going to be confused with. Um, and I think the added bonus of being able to then control it in the Alexa app afterwards, certainly that's, that's the right way to go. Number seven. Yeah, one of, one of the most infuriating things about playing with actions is you hear about a new action, you go and look at it and you try it out and you're like, this is great, but it's got features in it that you can't access. So things like timers, there's no way to access a timer. There's no way to set an alarm through a third party action. There's no way to control the screensavers for, for those. 
uh, even we're, we're seeing games come out now where um, some of the, the title bar disappears or, or other things happen. You're just like, how did they do that? And I just wish there, even, even and I think this one infuriates me the most, is that they demonstrated uh, in, before they released uh, a Google Home, this notion of being able to, to control your TV or cast things to your TV from an action. And you just can't do that. So there are all of these first party things that are available that we can't do and it's infuriating. And it's a question we get over and over and over. And, and there's more than even I just listed. Um, yeah, no, it, uh, at least on the Alexa side, we're fortunate that we can do timers and reminders from inside of, uh, of a skill. Uh, so we do have some of those, but there are definitely uh, first party experiences that uh, behave differently or we don't have all the, the tools in the toolbox to, to implement that in our yeah. custom voice apps. And, and I think this is one of the things that, that Bixby got right, is that they said up front, you're using the same tools we're using. Yes. You can develop everything that we, you know, we can develop everything you can develop. There's no difference between a first party action, a first party capsule and a third party capsule. We're yeah. all in the same boat together. Yeah, I, I think. It, yeah, no, I totally agree. I, and and the fact that you can customize and say when I, when I say I want a rideshare um, application, then I can choose what my preference is, and and somebody else can have their different preference. I think the I think they go right hand in hand. The fact that all that you can beat out a you know Samsung created capsule, um, if you've got something that's better or that's that meets that. Uh, user's preference better, and then that can become the default um, invocation. So when you do implicit invocation, then you can use your preferred capsule over a first party capsule. Yeah, totally. Agreed. Number six. This next one goes right along with this first party experience is the audio player. The audio player has <laughs> been around for a long time, uh, and it has had hardly any uh, adjustments to it. And there are features that are available, like when I just talk to Alexa and, and play music off of Amazon uh, Music, I can do things like uh, say volume up and down, so I can change what the volume level is. I can fast forward or rewind, you know, fast forward five seconds, rewind 30 seconds. I, there's just a number of different things that I can do with that player um, that I can't do when I have that an audio player inside of a custom um, skill. and some of the, the, you know, the features aren't there, the customization of the player itself uh, isn't there, and then just some features that are awkward when you, uh, you barge in and you say next to go to the next one, um, but you don't have control over different things. I, I would love to have a lot more control. Like, what if I wanted to play a, a clip of audio, then have some sort of, in, um, interaction between maybe it's a, a two or three question quiz to review the things that you did then go to the next item in my playlist there's all kinds of um, things that you could do with a, an enhanced audio player this is one of the things that i really really like about google's approach to the media player we're going to need to talk about media audio and media at yes. some point in the near future i think uh, i really like how google approached it because really it's just part of the conversation so the, the media response is just one of the possible rich, me rich, uh, yeah, rich media responses that you can uh, reply with. So you can do things like 
play some audio and then engage in a conversation or have, you know, if the user breaks into it and says, no, I'd like something a little more upbeat. Mm -hmm. That's just part of the conversation. And with that, it lets you do all sorts of other interesting tricks by using the media player as, uh, as a tool. And I think that's really powerful. Um, Google's media players have had problems, no doubt about it. Uh, and you know, we didn't, it, it didn't support changing the audio for a while, but now you know, audio level, but now it does. Um, and it still has a lot of bugs, but uh, it, I, I really am glad that they chose to do it as part of a conversation rather than as a, a separate creature almost. Yeah, and you know, and, and I'd like to be able to, my custom skill, if I'm playing a playlist of things, I would like to be able to barge and say, you know, who is this? And be able to give a description of, of what that piece is. Right. So, yeah. Number five. We mentioned this in passing when we talked about account linking, and it's still one of the one of the things that's really frustrating, and it exhibits itself in different ways, is that when you do account linking with Google Sign-In, that's nice and streamlined. Name isn't always streamlined, but it's nice and streamlined. Um, but there's no way to tack on additional Google permissions to it. And on the surface, that doesn't seem like a serious problem. But the questions we see over and over are things like, how do I get it so that I can link to a user's calendar so they can edit their calendar by voice? And then how do I get it so they can access their Google Drive? How do I get it so they can access a Google Doc? How do I access a Google Sheet? How do I access a Google? You know, Google's got a lot of things in their, their ecosystem yep. that are tied to a user's account, but no way to get permissions to access them. And one of the most infuriating for me is the Google uh, play system, which lets you do things like manage a person's high scores and give them uh, bonus points for games and do, you know, there's a whole bunch of things around Google Play games, but that's all tied to getting permission to Google Play games, which you can't do. So I really wish there was just an easy way to get those permissions just through voice. Yeah, no, just being able to, like you say, um, utilize any of the resources or assets that are available in the in the Google ecosystem, um, and I can I, you know, totally agree with the the making things easier for games. You've got this really rich world of, of Google Play, like you say, that's been tried and true thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. Um, already works on mobile. I should be able to find a way right. to, to leverage that better. It completely surprises me that when, you know, they're making this big push for games, for, for voice games now, or voice first games, but there's still no clear cut solution for high score tables and ranking tables and tying it to your Google Play Games account or anything like that. It's just, it's, it's a really, really, uh, it, it's felt as an absence. And the solution of, well, go roll your own, sure that's possible, but why would I want to when Google already gave me a good solution? Yeah. Number four. So this next feature is about making phone calls from your device. You can already, and this maybe this is a, you know, another example of 1P versus 3P experiences. So I, I can make outbound phone calls through my device, use it as a telephone. Um, I can you know, drop in, check in on other people. There's lots of different things that I can do. But what I can't do 
is um, use the device as a phone when I'm in a custom skill. Just imagine you're you know, doing some sort of a custom skill and you want to get to customer support. You know, it's, some, it's a skill about a business, you're getting some information and you could ask a very simple question, hey, would you like to be connected with customer service? And you could say yes. And right there, your device then calls up that customer support number. It could even do something safe and verify what the phone number is. You know, do you want uh, you know, yep. to allow the device to call this phone number? And you can say yes, you know, whatever you need to do to get uh, make sure that the permissions things happens correctly, and then uh, make that phone call. And you could just be talking with your uh, device. It's already something that's available for One P, and it should be something that's uh, no. And actually, that, skills. that's a fantastic handoff situation because it's and that's that's a common one too. It's yeah. not it's not that rare a, a time when you know maybe you're using voice to navigate through. Uh, a customer support branch and it finally says you know what you got a question i can't answer let me connect you to an agent well how do you do that now I, but you're right that's an absolutely in some ways crucial function and yet the 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 fear of having your skill exposed to raw audio or having an action exposed to raw audio is probably what's preventing a big part of that is they don't want any way for you to capture a user's voice well, I, I, I don't even think that you, they would have to. The fact that you can make a phone call is some sort of a channel that they open up. So if, if the skill does some sort of a handoff to a you know, calling function that then handles that process, you could be outside of the skill at that point, making a, a phone call with the device. And you, know, you could even totally leave the skill. It doesn't right. necessarily matter. There's ways that they could do it that, uh, that they wouldn't be able to you know, capture. As long as, you know, you're right. As long as they do it perfectly clearly, it's like following a, a telephone link on a, mm -hmm. on a mobile device, which will do that for you. Exactly. Number three. One of the things that drives me nuts, totally nuts about actions is how they handle time or rather how they don't handle time. And there, there, there's two classic examples of this. And the, the first is, there is no good way to get the time zone of the person talking to the action. So I, and I understand in Alexa, it's, is it a permission or it's something that, that you just get? It, it's, it's an API call. So, so okay. um, in Bixby, it just comes with, as part of every request, you just get, you know, you get the locale, you get the time zone. Um, so, so perfect yeah. way of doing it. In Alexa, you actually have to go and ask for a, make an API call to an Alexa API to get it. But we waited months and probably years actually to, to get that uh, feature and very frustrating before that was allowed. It's, it's infuriating because there are lots and lots of cases where you want to know, you know, when, when the person says, you know, do that at three o'clock. What three o'clock are we talking about? You know, because exactly. you know, and yeah, there's a workaround, but the workaround involves getting the person's location, which involves requesting their location, which you know becomes another mess altogether. Um, but that's only the start of the problem. And if that was the only problem I had with the way they handle time, I would, I would just be annoyed. But even worse is that when you say things like, um, do that tomorrow at three o'clock, 
there's a built-in entity to handle the date and time, which is nice. The problem is it always assumes that you are in UTC, which is not nice. So, you know, tomorrow at three o'clock, let's even say tomorrow at 3 p.m., will depend on, you know, it, it computes the tomorrow based on what the current UTC time is, which may or may not be the same day as where you currently are. Yeah, so in, in Phoenix, uh, 5 p.m. is the transition into uh, the next day in, in UTC, right? Right. So, and, and so this only makes the time zone issue even worse because I don't, you know, I don't know what time zone they're really in to tell me tomorrow. So I don't know which tomorrow we're talking about. Yes. So this is, this is a great system entity that we have that's useless. Yeah, no, that's, that, that is, um, you know, even if you want to do just something simple as say, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, you right. can't do it if you don't know what the time zone is. No, the there's, person that's, yeah. Yeah, just, just ranging from little things to huge scheduling, uh, you know, ways to schedule. Scheduling's impossible is really what it boils down to. It, yeah, unless, it just, unless you know that you're scheduling something in a particular time zone. So if you're scheduling it for a small boutique store, for example, you can assume we're talking the same time zone. But beyond that, it's, it just becomes a mess. Yeah, and, and you, you, know, you could get around it by you know, asking, you know, what time zone do you want your things to be? That's just, yeah, that's, no. that should just already be there. Right, that, you know, we, when we talk about context and understanding the user's context, you, you don't want to play, you know, make messes like that. Number two. Okay, this next one could very easily be my number one. It is so frustrating. Um, and I've, I've hit it again on a, on a project. So what's, uh, what the challenge is, is that all intents are turned on all the time on Alexa skills. Everything's global. You, you can't turn intents on or off. If you're in a situation, even if you're using... Um, feature for you know state management to, to put something in some other state then you still have the problem that uh, that things you know, could not get get fired correctly or there's could be collisions and and it just makes it so much harder and then the fact you know add to that the fact that you can't get the full text of the of the odd of the you know phrase that the user spoke is just getting increasingly troublesome um, so I it's, I just wish that, that we could get access to, without trying to do all these little tricks to try to get, uh, you know, a full, a, more text. And even when you're using Amazon search query to get as much uh, text um, as possible, it still needs an anchor phrase. And, and then it, it's just very, very problematic. And we've, we've discussed this a number of times, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it again. It it's really is surprising that there's no way to just say, you know, to, to better manage what state that you're in. That, uh, that conversation design really limits you that way. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's something that I bump in. I, I, I do, I guess, complex enough skills um, with, uh, with work and, and the projects that I'm doing that every single skill I hit either a problem with, uh, collisions with intents, uh, or things that I have to do 
uh, to try to get around this fact that you you can't get the, the text. And you know, you say com you, you say complex enough skills. Yet I hear this all the time from from skill developers, even for relatively simple skills. It's not that unusual. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree but, with that. And and it's one that that Google has avoided almost completely from the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> they they bake that in, and it, just the fact that it's been years. Uh, of developing on this platform, and, and it's been a problem from the very beginning. It still is. Honorable mention. Before we get to our number one, let, let's talk about a couple of ones that didn't quite make the top 10 list. So, uh, you know, I, I, on the Google side, it seems like every time I tried to think of, of one, I'm like, oh, yeah, and there's, and, there, and there's. Um, so one of them that I already talked about already is the media player. Uh, it's, it's a great feature and I love it a lot, but there are so many bugs that end up being associated with the media player. It, it just gets frustrating some days to do really good stuff. Yeah, on, on the Bixby side of things, there's just, um, sometimes it gets, well, everything that, that you're doing, the same tools that, the, that they have, and it syncs things locally to you know, some account in the cloud so you make a, a little code change, you make a little model change, and it's constantly syncing. And so some, it just slows down your flow because you're, you're, you're trying to do something and it's in the middle of, of syncing that to the cloud. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it, it could be a smoother experience. No, I, I get that. Certainly when, you know, I mean, talking about smoother experiences, one of the things I really wish Google made a lot smoother was this notion of, um, just being able to have private actions or business related actions like Alexa has. Mm -hmm. And they sort of have said, well, you know, you could always just implement account linking because that's a great solution or, you know, just release it in alpha or just release it in beta. Yeah. But that, you know, yeah, it works. But every time you run it, it tells you that it's a test action and that's kind of kludgy. So you can, you know, we know the capabilities almost there just, Go with a little extra effort and, and make it official? What, what it seems like, funny enough, is that you know, developers have this uh, ability to you know, figure out how to make things work. And so it seems like there's a little bit of that mentality and, uh, oh, just run it out of. Uh, yeah. And you're know, like, okay, yeah. So technically, yes, you can do that. That works. You solved the problem, but you didn't really solve the problem for the stakeholders that that are that care you know, right that care right <laughs> so um one of the things that um also wish that they had on the alexa side of things you know we a lot of new things have come out with the ability to um, do quick links and be able to you know have routines that call skills um but you can't deep link into a skill you can launch a skill but you can't get to a specific intent when you do routines hmm. which you think would be you know, obvious why that would be something that's that's necessary. And now there's the ability with Alexa to to actually share routines. You can go into your library of routines and create um, a link and then share that and other people. And that's that's I think that's, that's a great of, feature. But yeah, you can't deep link from there. But you can't deep link into the skill. Here. So so you're you're stuck with just launching the skill. In some cases that's fine. But if um, but there's, I could just see a whole bunch of use cases opening up if you could link, deep link into a specific intent, then uh, all kinds of customizations can happen. Oh yeah, no, that would be awesome. 
you know, and the final thing though that that if you know frustrates me to no end, but didn't quite make my list, um, was Google has problems with the number two, and and by that I mean when I try to give it a number, you know, when I try to say two thousand or something like that, it treats it as something else. And when I say, you know, 2,433, it treats it as two different numbers. And I don't know what it is about the speech recognition engine that they're using, but it just, it really, really has problems with the number two. So, and, and like, what entity type are you using to, that still has problems? It doesn't matter. And this is really? actually one of, one, of the, one of the issues, I think, on Google's side, is that there's nothing, as far as I can tell, all of the speech processing is done before considering entity types. So Google's speech recognition system was so good that they didn't think they needed to give it hints in any ways to say, expect a number here. So they don't have that feature. You know, and I don't know if this is something Alexa avoided because their early speech models needed those hints. So they gave them those hints so it works much better. Or if they just have a better speech model that handles the number two. And I really only see it in English on literally the number two when I say 2000 or 200 or, you know, 1200. It just gets all confused. It's really weird. No, that's, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's ridiculously number frustrating, two. but I don't know. <laughs> number two. <laughs> number, number one, one is. is Transaction purchasing. <laughs> it sounds like we've got a pretty similar issue here. Um, and we're definitely going to be covering this one many times in the future, I imagine. So why, why don't you go over what your issues with in-skill purchases are? All right. So uh, in-skill purchasing, lots of different uh, features available. You can do one-time purchasing, consumables, subscriptions. Um, one of the features that you can actually do in the one party experience is you can ask Alexa to make a donation and there's hmm. um, a, you know, 200 plus uh, charities that have signed up already that allows you to make a donation. You just say, Alexa, make a donation or make a donation to American Red Cross or you know, whatever the charity is. And it goes into this, this conversation dialogue where it, asked you how much you want to donate and it confirms that you want to make the purchase. And it's very similar actually to of the, the in-skill purchasing flow when you're, when you're, you know, monetizing a game or something, you can, it, it goes in, you actually do a handoff on to Alexa and they go through a series of questions to make sure that you're really want to purchase it. And then, uh, and then you use your voice to confirm. So very similar, but I would like to be able to, uh, inside of a skill, uh, no, I, there's a lot of uh, voice apps for good projects that yeah. uh, I do or that I want wanted to do, and every single one of them has wanted to have some sort of a feature in there where you can say, "Well, how do I make a donation?" And then you're like, "Well, you could make a donation right here with your voice." You know, it would be just a transition. You can already make voice donations. You can, you know, there's already a way that you can do monetization within skill purchasing. So why is that not something that's available? You could limit I, I, it to those companies that are registered charities. So they do could still right. have control I, over that. I guess, I guess what, what I'm wondering is why you can't just say, uh, you know, launch an, an in-skill digital purchase transaction for something and say it's a donation. 
Yeah, there, there's guidelines that oh, say that you okay. can't ask for donations. I even had like uh, an early skill that it might have changed a little bit in the in the guidelines, but even just saying the word, you know, to make a donation go to the website, they didn't want you to huh. say donation, which which is oddly enough because I think I was well, I was uh, contacted by somebody from, from an Amazon team in Europe, and you can actually. It seems like it's the opposite. You can't do a one-party donation, but you can do a third-party inside of a skill. Um, so that's that, that's one of the things. Um, I, I've got something else that, that um, about monetization, but why don't you tell me about uh, what, what, what you were thinking about on Google monetization? Oh, just from beginning to end, it's a mess. I, you know, it, it trans. You know, they they've built transactions as the only monetization solution really. But every person I've talked to that's implemented it has said, first of all, it's a nightmare to implement. It literally requires development on three completely separate and unrelated platforms. You need to have a web solution, a Android mobile solution, which doesn't actually need to become an Android app in the app store, but you need to release it still. Plus you need to develop the action side. So three different platforms sharing no code. That's the first problem. And then a lot of people report that even once they get past that problem, people who enter into the transaction flow drop off. The, the drop off rate I've heard can be as high in some cases as like 90 or 95%, which is an abysmal completion rate. No, no that is terrible. And, and we're talking about the same feature set, like one-time purchases and consumables and subscriptions, yep. right? No, I mean, one, one of the great things is that, again, it's tied to Google Play. So if you already have something, you know, if you already have digital consumables on Google Play or digital subscriptions on Google Play or, you know, anything you're already managing on Google Play, um, it's easier for you. But if you don't, you now need to build the Google Play implementation first, which can, you know, can be a bit of a barrier. And I think it's great that they did tie it because, you know, you've got that reliable back end, you've got, you know, stuff that you already know how to do, you've got a, a great set of tools and great set of features. But, you know, it's got to work. <laughs> so um, something that I, I don't know, know how it is on the Google side, but on Alexa, there are very little, um, I guess, hooks into this process. So there is nothing that I really can get as far as notifications. Like, here, here's a, an example. Um, I can go in and I could cancel a skill, um, a, like a purchase, like a subscription inside of my, my you know, skill, and I'll get that event because it started inside the voice skill. But I, the, But the user could just as easily uh, call Amazon customer support and decide to cancel my subscription. And I have no idea because mm. when I start the skill, I can check to see, you know, what products they have purchased and stuff, but that requires them to actually start the skill. Right. So if if they, they, and if they never start the skill again, you've got no way to, to look. Yeah, and up. so let, and let's say that I've got, um, you know, maybe there's APIs or maybe there's resources that I'm paying for to store or you know additional resources and services that that the, the user gets as part of that subscription 
if there's a chance that they can leave and never you know pay again and i'm paying for something that they aren't really using anymore then uh, it's problematic that there are not, there's not more tools or you know communication as far as what uh what subscriptions are yeah. active or no that that's an issue I, I think google handles that and i don't know for sure to be honest i think google handles that mostly because it's all tied into yeah. uh, google play so one of you know so the web app that you need to build and you do need to build it part of what it does is manages those google play subscriptions so uh, you know i don't know for sure if you get a notification if someone cancels a subscription or returns a digital item or whatever um, but that seems like the sort of thing that Google Play worked out years ago. At least, yeah. I hope it is. I really <laughs> hope it is. <laughs> so yeah, monetiz you know, transactions and monetization, again, it's a big problem, and we know it's a big problem, and it's hard, but they've got to do better. Yes. It's really the, the thing that developers most are looking for because we're kind of counting on it. Yeah. Uh, if you can't uh, you know, get paid for for the experiences that you're doing, then it really limits yeah. the, the ecosystem. And, and as you said, you know the terms also limit how much we can do outside of the scalar action. So you know we can probably advertise very minimal. We can't redirect to a web page to have them pay for things because there's an either in skill method, you know, in skill or in action way of doing it. So we're kind of limited as to, to how we can do things. Okay, so that was a top 10 list. I think that was awesome. Yes, top 10. Now, like back in April, 2019, I created this uh, 50 wishes for the Alexa Genie article. Yep. And unfortunately, these same things are on that list. So it's been uh, something no, I've been I know talking you, you know, for a long time. You know, a lot of the items on my list are things that, you know, yeah, they're, they're not new problems. Um, they're not new issues. We just keep waiting for, for something to happen. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, let us know um, what you think are some uh, features as developers that you would like to see in these different platforms. And uh, you know, if you if you work for Amazon or, or, or Google, Google, we'd or, love to hear yeah, what you have to say. Yeah, please. Uh, or you know, take some of these ideas and implement them, and we'll, we'll shout out to the world um, that they're available once they are. So, so now you think we're going to do a top twenty list for our twentieth episode? Mm, I don't think. I, I, don't I think we'll need to come up with something better than that. <laughs> Well, this is great. Thank you, um, Alan, for- uh, Thank you, Mark. Once again, a great conversation about uh, voice development and uh, thanks all those who are watching. Two voice devs. Two voice devs. Keep in touch and keep safe, everyone. Goodbye.